Praise God. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. Let us find mercy. Let us find grace to help us. It is our time of need. We always need you, Lord. There's not a time that we don't. So we thank you. We bless you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. I can remember I'm short of breath when I <laughs> I start sitting down and catching my breath. But anyway, it's good. Everything that had breath, praise the Lord. If you want more breath, praise him more. Amen. Praise God. So that's good. So last time we were talking about um, the church, Ephesians 3.10, and about the intercessor, of course, and uh, who it is that will go for us. God wants to send somebody all the time. If he sends, he, and he sends us with a message, a purpose, and a mandate. <clears throat> Our purpose as intercessors is to make known to principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God. That's one of them. But the ultimate purpose is to bring the kingdom down here on earth. Wherever we see the enemy manifesting, we have to intercede so that the kingdom will come down here. Amen. And this is very, very important that, that God wants people to do this work for him. He always wants people to do the work for him. And so if we don't have enough finances, we know we want to pray. Amen. If our health isn't what it should be, we have to pray. And there are other things that are not lined up with the word of God on the earth that we will start to to um, get wind of and we'll start to understand and we'll start to get concerned about. You know, um, sometimes things just don't rub you the right way, but they don't get you to the point where you're motivated to do something about them. <clears throat> intercessors are not like that, though. Pretty much intercessors understand everything needs to have some kind of adjustment. There's if, say, for instance, if it's a uh, situation at your child's school, your children um, can go to school and they can get an education, but maybe the after school activities aren't edifying or they, they don't build them up. Or you might have certain children, uh, if they give a certain answer to a question in school, they may be told they're not supposed that's not right because this isn't this way and that's not that way. Now we have a lot of indoctrination like that. When I went to school, they dealt with facts. You know, you, you, you stuck with there was a right answer and there was a wrong answer. But now there's they're after people's attitudes and their beliefs. They're trying to erode uh, beliefs, moral beliefs, belief in God, definitely. They don't want that in there. And so <clears throat> you'll find that children are being taught how to think, not how to think critically, uh, how to reason, how to add, subtract, all that. They're being taught what to believe, not only how to think, but also what to believe. And so when you see that going on as a parent, you think to yourself, now, wait a minute. It, you know, uh, years ago, our country was a top country as far as academics was concerned. Now we're down to like low on the list, you know, 25, 26, 30, something like that. There are tons of countries that are, their children are smarter academically. They're more accomplished. 
academically. And so when you see this happening, you think to yourself, well, these schools need to do better. Why aren't they doing and producing? Or, you know, the average child reads in the 12th grade, they read at the fourth grade level. Now, why is that? And it's because they are not teaching, they're indoctrinating. And this is what you got to understand. You got to understand the difference. And you as a parent and you as an intercessor have to ask God, what do we do? These children are not being uh, <clears throat> taught enough to make their way in life. How are they going to manage? How are they going to take care of themselves? Uh, how are we going to uh, 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 prepare our children for a successful future if the school is not cooperating? And so from that, you and instead of complaining, this is the difference between an intercessor and just somebody who's just an average everyday person. Uh, some people will will get a piece of news just for the shock factor, you know, the gossip factor. They'll run and tell somebody and, oh, boy, isn't that terrible? And we all sit up and talk about how bad it is, but nobody ever does anything to change it and just meditate on it and say, God, is there something I can do? If so, what is that? And and I want to see this change. And I, I'm wondering what you think about it. And so God will say, well, it's up to you. That's your kid. You understand what I'm saying? What do you want him to learn? And so this is this is pretty much how you approach it. You approach it with the understanding that, number one, if it's not lining up with God's word, God is not pleased, and God will send somebody to attack that problem and and make sure it changes so that it lines up with his word. It has to be according to what God's plan is, what God's hope is, what God's vision is, and what God's dream is. Now, how do we find out all that stuff? What God? What is God's vision and his dream? Well, you have to know the word of God. You have to be able to go into the word, and, and I'll give you a clue. If God really he, uh, sends you to do something, he'll equip you. He'll give you the right <clears throat> prayers to pray, the scriptures, how to strategize against the enemy. He'd give you every he who he calls, he equips. And don't leave without your equipment. Don't just assume you have all the answers if you don't have them. And he will oftentimes join you with people of what we call like precious faith. Uh, people who have the same respect for the word, who have the same understanding of the word, who have the same understanding about authority, responsibility, all of those things, they will connect, God will connect you together with the right people so that you can be in agreement and be successful in your endeavors. And one thing I can tell you about God, he is a success God. He is not a failure God. If he sends you to do something, you'll get the job done. You got it? And you have to be determined. You have to have the same attitude within you that God has in his heart, that this is going to work. And we're going to get the job done. We're not going to be satisfied with a partial uh, um, understanding or a partial victory. We're going to stand on the devil's neck until he chokes and he coughs and he sputters and he lets go of what in his, what's in his hand. Amen. And and you do that until he lets go of his prey. He's carrying off people's children. He's carrying off people's money, carrying off people's freedom. All of that stuff is being stripped away from us. 
as American citizens, amen, and people worldwide. You know, I can't be so much concerned about some other country. I've got to make sure what's happening here is lining up with God's word, amen, because that's that's the principal watch that he has given us is your local uh, community, your state, your government, and the country that you live in. Now, we pray about some things that are important to God. We pray about the Middle East because that's, that's a seat of turmoil. Why? Because God's people are there. Amen. The Jewish people are there. And there's always going to, if you read the book, uh, the Bible, any, you'll realize that they are a persecuted people just like Christians are. And so we're both, they, he is our, our God is their God. And so we share a God. We don't have the same covenant with him, but they do still have blessings coming. They have a measure of protection from God. And so he wants us to always include the peace of Jerusalem in our prayers. And so, and, and pray uh, against their enemies, that their enemies would be defeated because that's what he's always promised them, just like he promised us. And so we can't see them go down to defeat and think God's pleased. You gotta, gotta start praying, folks, and know how to pray and stay in your word. Stay in your word. Don't, don't get somebody, go get some quick strategy for somebody that doesn't know what they're talking about. You know, you, you stay with the word of God and what, what God has given you. And, and if he has assigned you to a group, you stay with what the group does. Don't try to be some crazy lone ranger and all of this kind of stuff. Add to your add to your prayers, Amen. If you you're praying already and you can pray good by what's in your heart, then add to that some strategy to declare the word of God more. And so that's what we do. That's what our our ministry is based on. It's based on strategies that we've gotten out of the Scripture against the uh, 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 forces that are traditionally at war with God and with His people. And so you don't need nothing new to fight. You understand what I'm saying? Get the, you go in the Bible, you find the traditional enemies are still at war. You see these little, uh, people who are, are satanic worshipers. And you saw where Israel would start worship, worshiping satanic gods. Baal was a satanic god. Ashtoreth, all, it's all the same stupid devil. He just gives them a different name to make. You know, people are intellectually, uh, driven. If you give them a new name that sounds interesting, they want to talk about it all day long. Amen. So this is what the devil did. He's the same devil. He comes up. He said, well, I think I'll call myself uh, the queen of heaven today. And, and then tomorrow I'll call myself something else. You know, all these different female deities that they have. Diana, the, the we serve the goddess Diana of the Ephesians. You know, all this kind of stuff. He'll give people a lot of names he'll entertain you all day long with a bunch of names and you'll find yourself trying to use names to make yourself sound intelligent and impress people and i'm gonna tell them that this this name right here you know i remember talking to a woman that had been uh um she was a jehovah's witness i'm not sure how i got in a conversation with her but I, I was asking her, she said, yeah, she said, I, I, no, I asked her how long she'd been the Jehovah's Witness. She said, oh, and she told me, and she said, yeah, she said, see, uh, I'll tell you, uh, uh, this lady came to my house on a Sunday. See, fine people don't go to church. Came to my house on a Sunday, 
And she told me, she said, can I tell you something? She showed me this book and she said, see, this is what pastors don't tell you. They don't tell you God's real name. His name is Jehovah and we can tell you more about him. See what I'm saying? And this is how people get lured off. You know, when we went through that thing in the body of Christ, the names of God, Jehovah this, Jehovah that, Jehovah that. Well, his name is Jesus. There's power in that name. Amen. And people like to, they, people will play with it. Religious people always want to entertain themselves. What did they say about the people in Ephesus? Uh, Paul said, he said, he said, he went and preached to them in their town square. As he said, these people, he said, I, I, I spoke to them about the unknown God. He said, because they like the next new thing. Says religious people. You can entertain them because they like the next new thing. That's what Ephesus was. And they say, uh, France is like that. If you go in Paris, you start talking about something. Oh, really? Where, where'd you hear that from? See, it's a spirit. And you can keep people entertained a long time with the next new thing. So Paul used it to his advantage. He said, you know what? You've got some statues around here. You've got so many. He said, I, I trust that you people are very religious. He said, and superstitious. Because you've got a, a, a statue to every God. He said, in fact, you got one over here says the unknown God. He said, I want to tell you who he is. And he started preaching Christ. He had a lot of people saved, converted. Why? Because they like the next new thing. But see, when you believe in, in Jesus, he ain't the next new thing. He comes to live with you. So he don't go nowhere. Amen. So Paul knew how to use. He said, I become all things to all men. He knew how to zero in on where he could reach people and get them. And so he was able to get these people because they, Ephesus was a seaport town. So in seaport towns, you get a lot of news. People getting on and off boats. They tell you stuff. Where you come from? Oh, really? What are they doing over there? And you can go and impress your friends at dinner because I talked to somebody from from way across so-and-so. And guess what they told me? And that was how they, that was what their place was known for. Kind of like New York or places like that where you find a lot of people coming and going. Amen. So they like the next new thing. So Paul told them the next new thing is Jesus. This is who you, this, I know I found out who your unknown God is. So you can put a name on that statue because I know who he is. And so he was able to convert that whole city. Then people were in an uproar. That was where they came and burned all their uh, curious arts, you know, all their divination books and all of the stuff they were using to, to conjure up demons. They had a big bonfire. Everybody in the city came and burned up all this stuff. Amen. So, so the power of God is real to convert people. Amen. It's real, folks. And so we can take a lesson from our brother Paul and say, hey, I, I know who this unknown God is. He's, his name is Jesus, in case you didn't know. Amen. So that's who he is. So anyway, in Ezekiel, this is where we find the call to intercession. And we said it's a call in the spirit. And many times people will say something like, well, you know what? I just been thinking God wants me to pray. Well, he is calling you to pray. He says, no, not just pray, but, you know, to do something different with the prayer. 
you see. So that's a call to intercession. And it is a call in your spirit. His spirit contacts your spirit. And he begins to tell you, I need somebody to do something for me. And so in Ezekiel 22:30, he said, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land. So we go to the throne room of God and we stand before him and we say, God, how do you want me to pray? What is it? Or, or God, this is what's going on down here. And, and I know you want it fixed. See, intercessors tend to have a knowing in them that it's not impossible, it's doable. And that it's not something God approves of and he gives you the power to do something about it. It's just like when that knowing comes to you, it's like all of a sudden uh, a big door has opened in front of you. And you get an understanding, you know, if I go through this door, God's going to show me everything. You have such a peace entering into that realm of intercession. You said God is going to show me everything. He's going to tell me everything. He's going to empower me to do this. And he'll give me the stamina to continue to do it until the job is done. And these are the things that you know as somebody who's called to stand in the gap. And it says here God couldn't find anybody. But in the in the new dispensation, the one we live in, there are loads of people who are spirit-filled. There are loads of people that he can call. Some of the, the things that we we are hindered by is is sometimes religious structure. You know, if you're in a religious structure that doesn't encourage prayer, you're not going to pray. You may have to go and find somebody who has a call to prayer so that they can teach you, they can agree with you, partner with you, strengthen you, all of those things. Very few Lone Ranger prayers out here, folks, unless they are very experienced with God and God gives them an assignment that, that he will sustain them. He becomes your prayer partner then. And we all know that God is like that with us in certain things. There are certain things that he is our prayer partner, for instance, for your bills and for your health. You know, you usually don't don't need any help with that, except that the Bible does um, uh, afford us the opportunity to call for backup. That's the elders of the church. If there is something that's beyond your, say you have a pain during the week or you have a cold and, and it hasn't lifted in a few days of you sitting under the word, then when you get to church, you go to pray. You just say in yourself, when I get to church, I'm going to get prayer for this and it's, and I'm going to be healed. See, you're not going to see if it's, it'll go when you get to the altar. You make up your mind you're going to be healed when you get there and you'll be healed when you get there. Amen. It's according to your faith. And so when, when we understand that God has a system here called the body of Christ, called the church that is able to take care of every single problem people will ever have. And you got to believe that. You got to believe there's no problem beyond God's ability to help you to get it resolved. And if it's not, if it's not you being able to do it by yourself on your own, then it's you and some help. It's you and somebody else. It's you and some other people that know and understand how things are supposed to go and that they can, you can strengthen one another. 
one of the greatest um, uh, assets we have is the prayer of agreement. That he says, if any two or three of you agree as touching anything, anything that they ask, it'll be done for you by my Father which is in heaven. Amen? And once you understand that, you think, man, let me find me somebody. You know, grab a hand, grab a anything. He said agree. He didn't say in faith. Don't negate the faith. And where do you agree? You must agree on its word. You know, and, 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 and tell them, you know what, I'm, I'm not feeling well today. What, can you pray with me? I'm a, well, agree with me that this thing will lift by this afternoon. Or agree with me that I'm going to get about this bed this evening. You know, make it now. Make it quick. Make it a quick work. Why not? He'll do a quick work. He says he will. Amen. And so when we understand these things about God, we understand these things about prayer. This is part of your spiritual equipment as an intercessor. Your equipment is, is your, your prayer partner, the prayer of faith, whatever it is that you want to do and, and how you do it, that's your help. Amen. And it's part of your equipment. It's like if, if you were in the military, they give you all kinds of things to help you combat the enemy and win. They don't give you a gun that's just going to maim somebody or, or hurt them. So to move them out of the way temporarily, you got stuff that will kill the enemy, amen, and put him to flight, period. The Bible says if you submit to God, God, what does your word say? That's what you do. You, that's how you submit to him. God, your word says that by your stripes I was healed. I was healed at Calvary. In fact, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth. It was just acted out at Calvary. It had to be demonstrated for all the world to see. Other than that, we would be in faith for something we never saw. But you've seen that. The apostles said when they got arrested for preaching in the name of Jesus and healing people, they said, how can we not describe what we have seen and heard? Amen. You've seen it and you've heard it. And you know about it. Even the Apostle Paul could say that. You know he was sneaking around there at some of Jesus' meetings trying to find out who was, who was there. So he'd have a good bead on who to look for when it was his time. You got me? And so Paul had seen and heard the works of, of Christ. He wasn't a follower then. He was an enemy. But he's seen it and he'd heard it. Amen? And so these are the things that, that we need to understand are strengths for us. What do you know about God? What have you seen and what have you heard about him? Oh, I've seen in the Bible. See, you've seen things. You go through that Bible and I guarantee you, your mind is ablaze with what Jesus looked like and how he was bending down, writing on the ground and writing in the sand and how he touched somebody, spit on that guy's eyes and made mud. Amen. And and all of these things. So you've seen what he can do. You've seen it in the word. Amen. And you've heard. You've heard the written word. You've heard to speak his word to your heart. You've heard what he can do. So you tell about those things. You know, people always say, well, you know, so-and-so, Jesus visited so-and-so and and did this and did that. and, And he, I want a visitation. No, you don't. 
you just don't want him just up and visiting you what for amen he said blessed are those who believe in hello learn how to believe the word you believe now i think that's wonderful but most people who tell you they were visited by the lord never tell you they asked for it he just shows up so that's part of his sovereign work amen if if that's the way he wants to do it let him do it that way but don't be sitting up waiting for him to show up and show you something go grab your bible you can find out all kinds of stuff about the lord and this is where we see him. We see him in his written word. Amen. Because that's for everybody. Amen. You don't wait on a visitation. First thing you want to do is get in the flesh and feel important. And Jesus don't cater to people's flesh. Amen. Amen. So so we need to understand this. Amen. The call, who will go for us? Who shall we send? That's in Isaiah 6, 8. Isaiah was called as a prophet, and in his calling, it was said, who shall we send, who shall go for us? That's a call from the throne room of God. Amen? You can't get a higher call than that as an intercessor or as a watchman, as a prophet, somebody who's going to stand watch for God's people and stand watch in the room so that they can be useful to God. Amen? There are people that have given given over their lives in a, a very unique way. They have the grace to do it. You just can't up and do it in your flesh. You have to be graced to be able to do these things, you know. But <clears throat> I was sharing with somebody recently. I remember, um, I think it was Brother Hagen shared the testimony. Uh, people would, would wonder, people who were in Tulsa, and uh, it, it God uh, developed a great city there that was very open to the word i mean you you people would go on their lunch breaks to a a healing service and get healed you know what i'm saying instead of going to lunch that day uh rama had a healing school they had healing school every day in the morning they taught and at lunch i think in the afternoon they would pray for the sick and in the evening they would pray for the sick but there was 24-hour prayer they had uh, Carlton Pearson had a wonderful church, you know. Oral Roberts University was there. All the wonderful ministries that came out of Tulsa and and people who were there after a while started scratching their heads and said, you know what, this don't just happen by accident. This ain't this 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 is deliberate. This is deliberate on God's part. He deliberately set this type of ministry up here. And so Brother Hagen began to kind of ask around, amen. And he said it took him a long time to find out who that person was. And in through the grapevine, well, so and so, she she prays a lot. She might know somebody. So he had to get on the pipeline where the people who really know God are. You don't ask every new newbie running around for stuff like that. And he finally narrowed it down to two women that he could know and he said he finally got to meet one of them he just asked god to put it together for him and he asked her he said what did you do to to pray when you prayed what did you do and and how did you ask god and she said well she said i don't remember everything i don't recall and i can't share everything but i will tell you this much she said i would pray from the time i got up in the morning until the time I went to bed. So she prayed continually, maybe 
12, 15 hours a day. She said, I took an hour break and I would have a bowl of soup in the middle of the day and I would go back to prayer. Well, you just don't do that. You don't just drop out on a parachute and start praying. You are called to God and you are graced. It's called grace. Amen. And as long as the grace of God is on you to do something, you'll be able to do it. You got me? When the grace lifts, then it's over. And she said, and I prayed fervently like that for a number of years, she said, and until the the ministry started to manifest and show up. And she said, God had me cut back a little bit, you know, from that. And she still prayed for individual ministries that were there to keep them on track, to keep them going to right. You don't just say, oh, well, you know, somebody's here now. I can quit. You you just don't quit. There's There's work to sustain it. There's work to keep it pure. There's work for the second generation that that comes along so that they can keep it right. Amen. And so these are the things that God will do. There are some people who are very, very given over to prayer. And we complain because we got to pray once a week here and with the prayer partner, too. And half the time you yawning and sleeping and prayer partner on the other side praying. You know what I'm saying? We diligent, though. We working on it. You understand? Well, you know, you need to ask God for the grace to be able to stay awake. Well, um, you know, some people want to know how to do this right, but you need to have grace to stay engaged in things because the devil will put you to sleep. If you believe your flesh is more powerful than your spirit, you'll be sleeping most of the time. You got me? And yawning and, you know, all that other kind of distracted stuff. You know, the, the devil starts sending you messages. You better start yawning now because you're getting sleepy. Amen? And you'll sit there and you'll yawn the whole time. Amen? Because you just think to yourself, well, I got sleepy now, you know. Well, you know the devil, he'll put you to sleep when you start praying. Not if you stay awake, he won't. Amen? You stay awake awake from them crazy movies you watch. Huh? Even if you got to set a buzzer beside your ear so you, oh, that's the good part. I don't want to miss that. We we know how to stay engaged, don't we, y'all? That's what I thought. So, anywho, but, but, yeah, when God chooses intercessors, it is a call to your spirit. Your spirit starts to come alive to it. God can also lead, also draft people. No, I want y'all to feel all powerful like you. Well, you know, he didn't call me. I don't don't know about all y'all. You know, I'm not in bondage to that prayer stuff. I've heard people say that about reading the Bible. Oh, reading your Bible? I was in that bondage. See how crazy the devil will make the saints, tongue-talking saints. You got me? He'll make you real stupid if you listen to him long enough. You get lazy and you skip something and you want to make an excuse. And there you go. Amen. So so our prayer for ourselves needs to be, Lord, help me stay on my watch. Help me stay faithful. I want to hear well done. You understand what I'm saying? And 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 not <laughs> not because I've had it. You know what I'm saying? Stick a fork in me, I'm done. You know, uh, you want to hear the well, <laughs> you want to hear God's well done. Amen. 
not the devil that wiped you out. Amen. And so, so when we understand the call, everybody's called to pray because you will have a need and you will have to talk to God about it and you will have to believe him for miraculous things. And I'm talking, you know, the thing about Christianity, it is, it's miraculous from beginning to end. There's not a, a, a space in the Christian walk that is not a miracle. And the new birth is a miracle. Nicodemus, you know, thought he was going to slip in and, and ask Jesus a question when his buddies wasn't watching. He was set up to have his mind blown. You know what I'm saying? You think you're sneaking and asking God to do something for you. It'll wind up being a whole lot more than what you thought. But he told Nicodemus, he said, you must be born again. And he left scratching his head. Said, how can a man go into his mother's womb twice? And Jesus said, well, it's just like the wind. He got more confused. (laughs) Huh? He did. Wherever Nicodemus is, I believe he's in glory, but he's still scratching his head. He said, did y'all see me in the Bible where Jesus told me that? I'm still scratching my head. Amen. He says, like the wind. He said, the wind blows where it wants to go. You don't see it coming and you don't see it when it, in, when it leaves. He said, but that's the way people are born of the spirit of. It's like, whew. amen. So Nicodemus is going, oh, what? Oh, Lord, it might happen to me. You mean if I follow Jesus, the spirit will come in me? <laughs> Just like, yeah, it will. And what you going to say to your religious friends when you start praying in tongues, Nicodemus? You understand what I'm saying? I mean, this is a mighty, this is a supernatural work. The Holy Spirit just, God just pulls a number one day. And when your number's pulled, you're it. Amen? You got to come along with there, but too many people have been praying for you for too long. For you not to be it. Amen? That's the way it was with me. I was just wanting, I was depressed and suicidal and I just wanted help. And I thought it was a psychiatrist. And I go to psychiatrist, I had to, I pulled the name of a psychiatrist that had narcolepsy. Ain't many of them around. They're like one in 10 million. And I'd be sitting there, I thought for sure I'd tell her all my problems and I'm going to be, I'm good to go. And she'd go to sleep on me. Paid that queen $50 an hour to go to sleep on me for most of it. And she wake up, she said, I'm just so sorry. And I thought to myself, I said, you know what? This may not be what is going to work for me. You know, you get smart after a while. And I began to cry out to God. And he started to show me in the Bible how to be saved. And I remember this lady of Jerry, friend of uh, uh, Miss Jan's. They were friends for years. They used to minister together, pray together and everything. Jerry used to come in a beauty shop where I worked and I had a booth way in the back. I never saw anybody. And she would sit out there and get her hair done. And her her hairdresser would stand up there and she said, Jerry, tell, tell him, Jerry, tell him, tell him. Y'all going to like this. Tell, tell him, Jerry, tell him. Tell, tell. And she would give her testimony just as humble and sweet. Tell what she was a drunk and she was this and she was that. And God saved her. And I said, ooh. She was bad. She needed saving. You know, back then. Huh? 
little did I know when my ta- when my number got pulled, huh? I was it. And from that day forward, the Holy Ghost came to live in me. And I was a changed person. I was hungry for the word. I knew my answer was in the word. I had uh, panic attacks and didn't go out of the house. And I was there with my Bible. Don't tell me God can't save you anywhere. And he can't heal you through just the word. See, this is why, this is why when you get in church and they start telling you all that stuff about God don't heal people. He don't heal everybody. He healed me. And I wasn't in the church doing nothing. You understand all the stuff you think is the right thing to do so he'll like you and do something? Hey, I wasn't doing none of that. I was sitting at home reading my Bible, smoking cigarettes, trying to not to drink too many Michelob lights at bedtime. You know what I was taking pills too? And he healed me. So, yeah, it's a miraculous. The Holy Spirit is like that. <laughs> Before you know it, Bubba is saved. That little cousin of yours that want to come in there, he couldn't sit in your house for 10 minutes without going in the car smoking a joint or something. He's sitting up there listening to every word, every word you say now about the word. Tell me about that, ain't he? Tell me some more about that. So it's just like that. Amen. Christianity is a miracle from beginning to end, folks. Why why we let the miraculous stop once we get saved, I don't know. But you get in church and people start telling you, well, God, he might heal. I know he heal. Well, he can heal. Then you find out by his stripes you were healed already. But you dare not tell religious people that. Just keep moving. You'll find the right place to be. Amen. You'll find the right place for you. It's a miracle sometimes some of us stay saved, all the stuff we go through. Huh? The saints will put a lot of stipulations on your what you get from God. Amen? All you got to do is live in his righteousness and please him. Stay in your word. Stay full of faith. When you have a choice to believe God or believe what you see and what you feel, believe God's word every single time. It'll work for you every single time. So God needs intercessors. You can volunteer or you can get drafted. Me, myself, I think I did both. You know, there was something in me that that thought, when I got saved, I realized I was very different, very changed. And I thought to myself, I said, Lord, you say I'm going to heaven when I die. I said, but I ain't dying anytime soon. I'm still pretty young. I said, what do you want me to do in the meantime? Just an innocent little question. What do you want me to do? You know? And and he began to work with me in getting me healed. And in order for me to get healed, I had to fight devils all day long. You understand what I'm saying? They would tell you things that you're not going to, ah, you're going to kill yourself. A demon told me that every single day, almost for five years. At, at around four years, it finally stopped. I finally got my mind renewed enough for that to stop. I lived in one room in my house, and, and I had about, uh, I think we had, and there was three bedrooms, two bedrooms. It was a huge apartment, old apartment we lived in. I never went in the front. 
because there was a big picture window there and I was afraid I'd jump out of it. And there was a big balcony out the front door and I was afraid to go close to that edge because I was afraid I'd jump over it. Do you understand what I'm saying? This went on for years. And God walked me through healing. And I would read that story about the demoniac. I said, Jesus, you touched him one day. You you cured him right away. How come I can't get that? And I just would have to keep plodding through the word, finding it, finding it for a purpose. Number one, you learn that God is stronger than the devil is telling you all this stuff about yourself. It's the first thing you need to understand, that God is stronger. As long as the devil talks to you, you don't have to listen to him. See, you can ignore anything. That's for people who like to blame other people for their problems and stuff. Well, I never got a hug. I didn't either. I got slapped a lot. But it was good for me because I was out of I was out of order a lot, too. You understand what I'm saying? Huh? I mean, it is what it is. You can't go back and change it. You can walk into your new creation life, though. You're a new creature in Christ. Everything's done away with. Your mistakes, your sins, your weaknesses, your faults, your failures, that's all gone. Amen. The best thing is you got a new, you got a whole new page. Every morning you wake up, you got a clean page. Nothing messed up today. I think I'll get up in the morning, Lord. I get a new page. This one was kind of messed up all day, but your girl didn't do much. You understand what I'm saying? But get a new day. Let me get a better start tomorrow. Do you understand? It's all fresh. And that in itself is a miracle that you're not hindered by your past anymore. You know, people want to talk about what they did and who did what to them. I said, you know what? That person died. I don't even feel anything for that person. You know, I remember one day I was sitting up thinking and and I thought about something that had happened to me a lot of years prior. And, and the, I got kind of like convicted. You know how the Holy Spirit lets you know he listening in on your thoughts. And he's like, what are you thinking about that for? And I said, oh. God, I'm not feeling sorry for myself. I just feel bad for that girl. He said, don't you pick up that new age stuff on me. See, just that quick. You heard something Oprah said, you know, and I don't even like her stuff. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, no offense to y'all Oprah likers. Y'all can like her if you want to, but, you know, she don't do nothing for me. And most of y'all either, y'all can't get close to them billions. Ain't nobody even since seen Stedman out publicly. What happened? He was he was closer to her money than anybody I know, and he I ain't seen him. Anywho, but but you know what I'm saying. You you the world will come in to your hearing on anything. And it'll start sounding good to your soul. You can be sitting up minding your business and all of a sudden your mind will drift back to something where you were a quote unquote victim. Amen. And that old life is gone. That person is dead. It's passed away already. God's given you a new life that you're to live in every day. 
and start building on that. And yet sometimes we want to sit back and nurse that old, you know, get that binky out again. Huh? <laughs> Some people are so glad to feel sorry for themselves. They don't even rinse the binky off. They just pick it up and throw it in there. Oh, you ever see a kid like that? Look, kids. <laughs> Gotta have that binky. Well, well, you don't have to live like that. You can live in the new creation all the way down the line. Everything new. My life is new. I'm new. My ideas or my thinking is new. I think like God. I think I'm healed. I think I'm rich. I think I'm prosperous. I think I have everything I need in abundance. That's what I think. And you can think that way and you can live that way. That's the miracle. The miracle is you can go from a pitiful little person that nobody loved and, you know, everybody kicked around, whatever, to somebody now who is heir of the world. You own everything. Think about yourself that way. No, it ain't all. Get your little hands out of there. It ain't in your bank account. You got to prove yourself faithful and get what you can get with the faith you have now. But you're working on it. There's no limit to where God will take you and what he will do for you and through you. So intercession in itself is its own reward. Intercessors are privy to the secrets of God. You got me? Know what I mean by secrets? It's the how-to stuff. How do I get this done and how do I get that done? That was something that came to me very, very early when God called me. And and as I was thinking about what am I going to do, I'm not going to heaven. Uh, And I told the Lord one day, I said, I don't care what you, I'll do anything for you, Jesus. Amen. I never told my husband that. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Oops, I'm sorry. What did I say wrong? Everybody fainted. Wind Everybody, I took the wind out of everybody. I'm sorry, brother. I just, I want to respect the fellas, but, uh, and hint, hint, they don't tell your wife that either, but, you know, you might say that in a, in a fit of, of whatever, but anyhow, I just told God that. And I told him, I said, I, I don't have to be public. I can be behind the scenes. I'll work anywhere. I don't care what it is. Yeah, I'll make bologna sandwiches, you know, peanut butter sandwiches. I don't have to have meat on that bread. I can get peanut butter, you know. And and from that, God began to trust me with things, a little bit at a time. Amen. Witnessing the people, uh, getting people to understand who the Lord was, what he'd done for me in my life. And and it progressed from there. And And it's been progressing ever since. So God starts us out small, and he increases us. So like those women that prayed for revival in Tulsa and for Tulsa to be the Mecca of of the Word of Faith movement, it started out small with them. And then pretty soon it got to the place where they could receive the grace of God to pray for 12 hours a day with a one-hour one lunch break only and get up the next morning and do it all day long, never take a day off. And so when you when you see people who are powered, empowered by God, that comes at a price of self-sacrifice. You just don't get it because 
you know, God decides to give, you know, mantles don't fall on people. You know, it didn't really fall on Elisha. He he was doing what he was told to do. He was paying the price for it. Elijah told him, he said, if you see me when I leave, which means that you got to stick close to me. You know, I don't know if many people want to stick close to me. I get a little prickly sometimes. Go do some girl. Go do some. Let's let's split up for a day. You know, whatever. But you know what I'm saying. It's just another human that you have to serve like that. That's a tall order for many people. Not many people want something that badly. Amen. So so it's a tall order oftentimes for the things that we want from God. But it is a price that can be paid, and it's a price that had to be paid. Catherine Kuhlman, she she didn't have a life outside of just reading her Bible and being entertained by the Holy Spirit. But when she laid hands on one person, four rows of people fell with them under the power of God. So I would say it's worth it. People would get up healed of cancer, terminal cancer. Billy Burke, it happened to him. He was eight years old. And they they sneaked him into the meeting. A guy came to the side door and saw him and his grandmother and said, come here and let him in. They didn't have to go in that big line or he never would have gotten in there. And God singled him out, brought him in there. And he said, "She, when she touched me, he said, four rows of people behind me fell down under the power of God with him. Got me? So there is power to be had in God, but it's not power for power's sake. It's once you get that level of power, he knows all you want to do is serve him. Amen. And intercessors are on their way there. Intercessors can wield a whole lot of power. Amen. They just can't. Because why? Because you need it. You got to work for God. You got to work supernaturally for God. All I can say is be faithful with what he gives you. Don't play. You know, before he'll give you any kind of real power, he got to get the play out of you. You know, just just kind of get you to to settle down a little bit. And so once once he's got the play out of you, he'll start to open your eyes to things. We we work by revelation. It's not head knowledge. He's got to reveal these things to us as true. And so he he wants to use us to get his work done. That's the job of the body of Christ. And so part of our equipment is our position. Amen. If you go to Ephesians 3, I'm sorry, yeah, Ephesians 3. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1, go there first and you'll see your position. Ephesians is like everybody who knows anything about spiritual warfare claims to knows this, you know, they they know the end of the the book. <laughs> Skip the beginning, you know. Ah, oh, put on the full armor of God. You know, and people. I would hear people. This is a thing that went through the body of Christ. I think maybe in the eighties or nineties or something. Nineties maybe. And uh, I got my shoes every morning. I get up and I put on my sandals and I put. You don't wear sandals. Well, I put on my flip flops. Whatever. You know, and they, 
it always sounded fake to me. It didn't sound like these people did this. It did, I told and I said, Lord, you know, I'm here I am again. I was always hearing stuff that rubbed me wrong, and I'd go to God because I didn't like hearing it. And he'd say, well, he said, I never tell you to take it off. He said, you're to wear it at all times. He said, really, your armor is walking in the spirit. And you're equipped. He said, if if you had to wait until you put all these pieces on one by one, he says, devil kill you before you get out the bed. He says, so, you know, just know that you're equipped when you walk in the spirit. I said, well, thank you. But Ephesians 1, it verse uh, starting in verse 17, and this is your your high priestly prayer. This is a prayer that, that Paul prayed over the whole church, and it's for us too. He says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. So in order for you to pray, you've got to know what to pray. And he enlightens the eyes of our understanding that we may know what is the hope of his calling. What is he calling you to do? What do you, you've got to walk in that, the knowledge of your calling. You just can't walk around here as a Christian aimlessly. I'm just waiting on God. No, you're not. Get in your Bible and find out what your calling is. Amen. He says, the hope of your calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of your power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power, might and dominion in every name, this name, not only in this world, but also with and it put all things under his feet, gave him to be head over all things to the church. So we have all that. We're seated in heavenly places in Christ, far above the devil, big devils, little devils, all of them. When he says all principality, that's the big one. Power, that's the, 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 the spirit that causes you to be sick. Might. That's the one, the strong man that keeps you out of what you want. The one that keeps your cash app fouled up and your bank account short. Him. That ought to interest everybody. Amen. And every name that's named. Cancer, diabetes, heart disease. Not only in this world, but the one to come. Oh, our power gets translated when we leave here. So this is eternal power that we work in. It's 100% supernatural. You don't want to live by natural means. You'd be down here working forever just to get a, a little raise in your, your paycheck. If you go by natural means, most people don't know if they boss likes them from day to day. So you mean to tell me you're going to try to please a boss you don't like, they don't like you, you don't trust him, they don't trust you, and you're going to get ahead by natural means? I don't think so. You need a shortcut. You need somebody to take you behind the veil and show you how this thing is done. Amen? (laughs) You find out, God, how do I win my boss over? 
You ever done that? No, no, no. I didn't say you did it. You tried to schmooze them and stuff. You asked God how to do it. See, we go deep. We go supernatural. How do I win my boss over, Lord? And God begins to move through you. Be polite. You know? Show them that, you know, you, you, you get there on time. And you ask if there's anything. I'm getting ready to leave. Anybody need anything done? Need me for anything? Most bosses will faint. Because everybody else is a streak of lightning at closing time. You understand what I'm saying? Well, sure. This is how it's done. This is the God way to do it. And pretty soon, there's a promotion. Pretty soon, if not there, then someplace else will call you and say, we want you to come here, and you find out it's $4 an hour more. You got me? See, this is how you you get the supernatural way to it. Natural way gets you fired. You try to do something nice for the boss and tick them off, you're out of there. You got me? Or they take it the wrong way. They follow. I, I, I think she made a pet. sexual harassment. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the the supernatural is where, where we live, folks. Intercessors have a, a key to the supernatural. You have to use them to do God's work. See, you, this, this doesn't work if you just want keys for you. This ain't no storage locker kind of, you understand what I'm saying? Most of us don't even know what's in them lockers. Huh? <laughs> what was that, that, what was that reality show, Storage Wars? They can be opening your locker and your stuff be auctioned. You wouldn't even know that's your stuff. For most of us. Amen. They done put you on TV. So this is not storage locker. The storehouse is in heaven. And you believe God for things as you need them. Even though they're stored up for you, you don't have access to them all the time. Amen. You have to have grace access. God grace me to be able to have what I say. (laughs) Billions of them. Amen. That's what you want. You want more grace. Amen. I like my brother, uh, uh, Gideon Moses. He has more grace, woman of God. I said, I receive it. I receive it. You know, we don't do that in this country. You know, we try to confess each other to death, play games, you know, play with each other, how spiritual we are. You know, there are people that take the word seriously who really want to bless you with the word. You got me? And so Paul said that we receive grace for grace. So every time you get a grace from God, that's not used up. You get another one. His mercies are new every morning. You can't wear him out. I know some of us trying hard to prove it, but, you know, you can't wear him out. So like, God, remember that, that time I told you if you pay that bill, I won't go ask you no more? He don't say nothing. He just show you where the money is. He didn't believe you when you said it. You didn't believe yourself. Amen. You didn't believe yourself. Amen. He never heard that. Amen. 
So, so under this dispensation of the church, we are positioned in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You're not in heaven, just you. But in the spirit realm, you're seated with him, which means you have authority over all the works of darkness and over every spirit of darkness. Amen? Not over people. You have authority over the spirit realm by the spirit. Amen? We're supposed to love people. We're supposed to bless people. Amen? We're supposed to extend God's love and God's mercy to people, but we can't control them. Once you once you realize that and accept that once forever, you can kind of live. Because most people, their problem is they want so-and-so to do this, so that I can like them better, I can be happy. Well, they ain't doing that. Because God didn't tell you you was going to be, they, they was going to be your puppet. You got to learn how to love people with rough edges like what you got. You know, we want everybody else to be perfect for us, and we don't ever have to straighten up. You understand what I'm saying? No, God is going to straighten you up first. I got news for you. You might be living with a trouble for a long time, but God will straighten you up. You got me? Teach you what's real here. He wants you to enjoy life. You enjoy life in him. You enjoy life when it lines up with the word. You enjoy life when God can help you supernaturally. Amen? And just just love people. Know what that means? Don't mess with them. Don't let them bother you. Bless them, say well about them. Amen. I was, I was, I, you know, I, I have a, something that I do between me and the Lord. I'll see people on the street and I said, Lord, I said, I, I want to help people. Like, you know, you can't get out your car and just give stuff to people and, you know, you can a little bit, but it, it ain't going to work a lot. But he said, just ask me to bless them. He said, when you drive by people that, that touch your heart, Ask me to bless them. And and so I was doing that, but I got to think about these. <laughs> see, I tell it on myself. These people that get out and jog on Sundays, I can't stand them. Because they ought to be in church. And they go into hell in new age and all these health nuts and all that, and they out there running, I ought to be, but I'm here in my car, but I'm all right with God. I'm saved. You know what I'm saying? So I looked at a woman today. She was out jogging with some little shorts on. I said, no. in my mind, I said, no, she had pneumonia for the night. Is over. And the Lord said, don't you say that. You bless her. I said, you bless them other people you bless. I said, oh, God, caught me again. You got me? He loves her too. He wants me to bless her too. You got it? And get over myself. Amen? Well, he wants that for all of us. That's how you live the blessed life. That's how you live peaceful. God would want her blessed. He's no respecter of persons. Because they're homeless and looking rough, you want to bless them. And she looked like she got money and Got on them $150 shoes and out there running. They even, and I'm thinking to myself, no, nah, it's too cold out here. She ain't got nothing but shorts on. I said, look at her. She's crazy. God said, don't you do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
See, all your all your conversations in your head are monitored. You got me? God knows what you think and when you think. He said, I know you're uprising and you're down sitting. I know everything about you. And I put you here. I bless you so that you can be a blessing. And it won't hurt you to say, bless that lady right there, Lord. Amen. You know, sometimes <laughs> you know how dogs are when they growl a lot. They snarl. You ever had a dog that keep that snarl all day and they they he can't even get his lip down sometimes we <laughs> and the lip then your lip get dried and won't come there to pull it down. I said, Lord, I'm gonna stop you. I'm gonna stop having rabies around here. I am going to bless people. You got me? You make a determination to do it. You don't wanna be snarling like a pit bull and ready to bite somebody. You know, poor lady, if she fell down, I'd probably just drop. No, I wouldn't. I'd try to help her, but you know what I'm saying. You just, <laughs> we got to watch ourselves. You know, you carry God's life in you, and he wants you to be a good steward with that life. But I'm telling you, intercessors hold the key to many mysteries down here on earth. You know, you pray for some people. You pray for people once or twice. And see the results you get and see if God hasn't favored you with that knowledge and that wisdom for how to get the job done. He will do that. Be trustworthy. Amen. Be better at it than I am. You know what I'm saying? I'm working on it still. But but be faithful with what God has given you. Learn to bless. I'm, I'm learning to bless regardless of what I think personally I don't know that lady. She might be a, a, a Christian. She might be a kind person. Who knows? But, you know, you can make judgments about people just just from looking at them or they look at you funny. And so God wants us then to be positioned so that we can walk out Ephesians 310. I'm finally getting there. And it says. To the intent. That now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. That's a mouthful, but that's our job. That's the New Testament intercessor. Whereas the watchman specifically was the Old Testament intercessor. The church now, whoever God chooses to intercede, is the New Testament intercessor. We have an in with God. We have power with God. We have influence with God. Where we can go to him and say, God, this person needs help. What do I do? Don't ever ask him if he wants to help somebody. If he put it on your heart to notice it, that's him telling you he wants to. So you ask him what to do. Amen. You just need your assignment. He wants to help everybody. Amen. You know, religion makes us think there's some people on the inside and some people on the outside. God wants to help any everybody. Jesus heals sinners. He got in trouble for breaking bread with them. Got me? And so he wants everybody to receive from him. And so in making known the principalities and powers and manifold wisdom of God, you will find yourself as a watchman or as an intercessor speaking the word a lot. Not whining and crying and begging. You know, you do that. I do it. If I get, you know, worn out about something, I say, God, when are you going to do something? You know, that kind of stuff. But 
but as as someone who is interceding the weapon you use to intercede with is the word of god so you will bring back to god his word letting him know that you want to see it come to pass so when you speak the word over your body you are telling your body to line up with the word of god you're telling the your body to be healed according to god's word you're telling your body to receive strength you're telling uh sickness to leave so you make declaration and you make known to every demon whatever the level of it what god says about stuff that's the manifold wisdom it's the wisdom that's pertinent to this situation right here so when you're sick in your body you don't ask for money you might want money god knows we want money all the time really to be honest with you some of us don't even have to ask for it we just have to look funny and you know he'll send us something the way i used to look with my husband baby what you want i don't know give me something what you got you know what i'm saying that kind of stuff but you know what i'm talking about you you there's a faith in you and a desire in you that works unspoken did y'all know that your faith works spoken it works by expectation you get up every morning god i thank you for what you're going to do to me for me today and walk in expectation of him meeting every need you know if you had to list all your bills and ask him to pay them individually you don't do that he sends you a paycheck now, you may jack part of it up you might look at them bills and half of them don't get paid you you know what i'm saying the the pile you turn face down he'll even pay them he wants them paid too but he trusts us in stewardship that he gives you what you worked for amen or what you expect you got me and 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 he he expects you to take care of what you need out of that you don't ask him to send you your job and send you your paycheck what you work for you you just expect it that's faith too see you're putting your faith in what god has given you in the natural to bring forth your income bring forth your pay and expect abundance you know where do you think bonuses come from you know abundance when you put abundance out there you you look at your paycheck and say ah, i don't know if i'm gonna be able to do don't ever say that don't ever doubt that you can do what you you can do out of what you have but you've got to be a good steward you got to pay them bills first amen even in the midst of a miracle god god with well where there's abundance and plenty he admonished people to pay their bills the woman the the uh, woman with the oil you know she that oil would have been pouring today if she had had more jars to put it in but she ran out of jars and the bible says the oil stopped flowing which means she was hooked up to a supernatural source that continues to pour out to you and it never stops and the prophet told her he said sell that oil what do you tell her to do next pay your bills what you ain't been doing for a while that's why you're in debtor's prison on the way i ain't gonna go there but you know what i'm saying 
There's an order to things. Because the average person, that that paycheck is spent before you get, I'll be glad when I get paid because I'm going to do so and so and such and such. You never say, I'll be glad when I get paid so I can tithe, so I can give some to church, so I can pay my bills. You want to go get slap happy with it. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Don't treat me like this. Amen. While we stop, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for uh, protection against persecution because it's a problem. You understand? It's a problem. Intercessors know that. We all know that. Christians are being persecuted more and more. There's a gentleman that God has made the uh, uh, Speaker of the House, our House of Representatives, and uh, already they're bad-mouthing and putting out evil report against him. Uh, they're turning, turning this whole nation to Christian. It's been Christian. What are you, where are you been? Christians founded this country. We just let y'all live here. Because God loves you. You understand what I'm saying? Like, this don't belong to us, too. So anyway, we're going to pray against persecution so that those of us who serve God can do it freely, can do it without hindrance can do it without stopping, without being intimidated, because the gospel is never bound. The gospel is always free, and we're free to preach it. So, Father, we thank you for what you're going to do in our country, in this nation, and around the world to free your people up from oppression. And we thank you, Father, according to your word, we submit to you, we resist the devil, and he must flee. Satan, we command you to flee from us seven ways. Vengeance belongs to you, God. We resist retaliation against our accusers. We're serving you. So why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? You who sit in the heavens are laughing. Thank you, Lord, for beholding their threatening. Stretch forth your hand to heal, O God, and do signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. I declare that the way of the ungodly shall perish. The ungodly shall fall by their own counsel. Lord, judge me. Judge your people. Judge us according to our integrity that's in us. Let the mischief of all spiritual forces who persecute us return upon their own heads. Keep us as the apple of the eye and hide us under the shadow of your wings. Thank you for teaching our hands to war so that the bow of steel is broken in our arms. And we thank you. You've given us the necks of our enemies. And Satan, you are under our feet. And we command you, you wiggle and squirm, but we won't let up the pressure in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Shut the mouths of the lions that roar their lies against us, especially our House Speaker Mike Johnson. Shut the tongues, stop the tongues of the wicked persecutors, cause them to cleave to the roof of their mouth. Stop the pointing of the finger against your servants without a cause, and stop those who hate us without a cause. Lord, we know it's nothing for you to help. Help us, O Lord, our God. Save us according to your mercy. Let our hands prosper and prevail against our enemies. But the Lord is with us as a mighty, terrible one. Therefore, my persecutors shall stumble. They shall not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed. They will never prosper. And their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten. In Jesus' name. And we pray for those, Lord, who are believing you for a miracle in their bodies. We curse the works of darkness. We curse sickness. We curse tumors. We curse heart disease. 
Thank you, Lord. Give them a new heart. Put a new spirit within them, Father. Give them strength today, Father. Let the day be better than it was yesterday and increase in your goodness and your mercy and let them increase in health every day. And we thank you, Lord, for blessing your people with health, wealth, prosperity, and favor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen again. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Why do we do our declaration? I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. And I can't get, and you name whatever it is you're standing against us trying to take your body down. By Jesus' stripes, you were already healed. There's no doubt about it. We cast doubt down in the name of Jesus that we are healed and we mean it. And we thank you, Father. We bless you, Lord. And we praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that by your stripes, we are healed. Amen. Amen. And again, it is so decreed. Amen. Take another one, Dad.